Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, coming to you late on a Monday evening. My name is Peter Klein. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email the show CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. Coming up on the show today, we talk about the Calgary Flames getting their guy, who they've had all along, um, and still a little bit more on Jimmy Butler and the magnificence he continues to produce in the NBA Playoffs. Going to be a busy week here on Couch Potato Diary as uh, we have two wrestling shows to get ready for this weekend because all these companies continue to just double up on all of these things. Uh, so it's going to be a busy week, going to be a fun show. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week, we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! All right, let's start with the Calgary Flames and let's start with Craig Conroy. As the team, um, it, it, not official yet, but ever report indicating that the Calgary Flames are going to name Craig Conroy as the new general manager of this franchise. And this is an absolute home run, I think, for the organization. I... This has been the guy who I think Flames fans, and quite frankly, I have wanted this whole time, um, and it's the one that has made the most sense. When you look at the, the names that are out there, none of them really bring a whole lot of like, oh man, let's go out and get this guy. Of course, unless you wanted to do the, the Kyle Dubas thing, but for for Craig Conroy, this is not just former player who gets a role that maybe they, they aren't ready for. This is a guy who has started, um, I don't want to say from the very bottom, um, because I, like, quite frankly, I don't know the organizational structure there, but th this is a guy who has grinded his way for basically his entire non-playing career around, or grinded his way up the organization to get to the point now where he is in the position that he is in. This is not someone who is going to get their first day as like, all right, what do we do now? He he has been getting ready for this spot for about a decade now, and that is something that I think Flames fans can take a lot of comfort in. He is not your regular first-time general manager. Like, this is the first time he's going to be feeling a lot of these pressures, but from all accounts, he was number two to, to Brad Treliving. And the thing that I've always liked about Conroy in this spot is when we would talk to him in the the early part of his managerial runs and he would go he was like traveling all over the globe to just get um i whether it was a prospect for the draft whether it was a prospect in the flame system or whatever this is a guy who was traveling around doing all of the little things that it takes to be successful as a, a general manager again i'm assuming i've never been one before but he at least was willing to put in the work and he put it all in it seems like Again, from the outside, but it seems like um, all of the, the the work ethic that it takes to become a National Hockey League player, he has now put that into being a general manager. And it's really exciting, I think, for Flames fans to have someone with that de dedication. And it it really does seem like, it was really seeming to me like whenever there was a general manager job opening and his name came up, you'd get a little defensive. I was like, hey, no, don't, don't. I like, And look, I was a Brad guy. Um, I, I, I think Tre Living did a, a pretty good job with this team, considering some of the things you maybe have to work with when, when working in Calgary. But I, I thought Tre Living was doing a fine job, but I also didn't want Conroy to leave because eventually you wanted him to be the next guy. You, you just, A, you wanted him around the organization and B, you kind of wanted him here as a, a backup option from, uh, for the Calgary Flames 
just in case things went a little bit sideways, as they eventually did. And so that was kind of the, the, the like, aha moment. Like, one of those ones where when you have a difficult decision to make, flip a coin, and all of a sudden you'll actually know which one you really want. So, and it was kind of like that with Conroy. As soon as you figured out, hey, this guy might be going, um, he was one that you wanted to stay. And so it, it just, it felt like he was the, the, the best option. It felt like he was the best of all the ones available. You know, like, all due respect to Dave Nonis, eh, uh, the Sam Bowman stuff, it's despicable that Bowman and, and Quinville are going to get shots in the league as quickly as they are. I'm, I'm endlessly frustrated by all of this. And so, hooray, I guess. But there just there did not seem to be another candidate that was out there that you felt comfortable coming into this situation. And it is a tricky situation that Conroy is coming into. But there wasn't another guy who was out there who you thought would be... Um, someone you, you would get really excited about getting, getting into this spot. And so for, for Calgary now, there's, I think a lot of work to do. And the biggest move now, I think is pretty obvious for Craig Conroy. You got to get this first coaching hire, right? You know, like just, th this could be a relationship that you establish right away and you can really hit the ground running with, with this one instead of kind of what happened with true living where he was kind of stuck always trying to find the new one and there are several reasons why <laughs> not all of them are great obviously but this this has the potential to be a, a hire that can pair up Conroy with someone for the next little while and really start to build that and the people are going to roll their eyes at this but really start to build that culture with the Calgary Flames now it's I think it's exciting that you can have that this whole new start to really solidify things and from day one set that foundation. To me, the pick is Mitch Love. Um, he has done a phenomenal job with the Calgary Wranglers. He is ready for a National Hockey League spot. It is a matter of uh, when, not if, with him. And again, there aren't really a lot of those great options out there. Gerard Gallant, I think... He does a pretty good job of turning things around quickly, but that is one that kind of burns bright and then runs out right away. And so I wonder if... I don't think this is a Flames organization that wants to go through that right away. I understand wanting to go with a more established route because you have uh, inexperienced general manager, inexperienced at being the GM. Again, he's been an assistant GM for forever and a day. But to, to have someone who can like kind of be that foundation, be that rock and just calm waters, just settle things in. Okay, this is this is what happened when I coached him, blah, 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 blah. Let, let's get this together. But I, I think Mitch Love makes a whole lot of sense because of how he could fit in with some of the young, important players that are going to be coming up. Like Pelche, I would imagine, is going to stick around. I wonder now, um, does Matthew Phillips get another look with the organization? But Connor Zari is going to be called up in a little bit. Like, you, you look at, and again, I'm not comparing these Flames players to the, the ones that kind of started it all with the Tampa Bay Lightning. But when John Cooper was called up, he had that relationship with a lot of those players and they were able to, again, kind of hit the ground running and work their way into the, the dynastic run that we have seen from Tampa Bay. Again, not comparing the two situations because they're vastly different. But I do think his his idea of what this organization wants and the success he has had within the organization make him a prime candidate right now. And it's very interesting what we're about to see with the Flames here over the, the next couple of months. Obviously, based on how last season went, um, there's a lot of frustration among the fan base. Um, I, I think that they're kind of up for anything. At least I am. I, I'm speaking for myself now. I shouldn't speak for Flames fans. For me, if this, if Conroy wanted to come in and just light the match and just boom, blow everything up, 
makes sense to me. Didn't work last year. It, they, they ha there hasn't been a full rebuild in a long time here, so go out and get it done. Would make sense to me. Would be difficult, but would make sense to me. Um, if you wanted to say, look, the coach last year was a bit of an asshole, so let's see if we can bring in someone who maybe meshes with this group at all and see if we can get the, the best season out of them. Because you can, uh, again, this is not a bad roster that Craig Conroy is inheriting. When you look at Huberto and Kadri and Toffoli and Backland and Lindholm and Manjapani and Coleman. Like, you, you go to Tanev on the blue line with Hannafin and Uyghur, Markstrom um, between the pipes, and then I would assume Vladar gets moved and Wolf comes in at some point. But when you look at all of that, th there is a lot of talent on this roster. If you wanted to say, look, we think last year was kind of worst-case scenario and we just missed, let's go out and try to do it this year and and see what we can do, you would have no argument from me. Um, I, I would fully understand that there's obviously a couple of tweaks that need to be made, but again, one of the things we pointed out, whether it was game over, whether it's on this podcast, when the kids came in, there, there was a bit of a spark, and I think there's going to be a bit more of, or at least I would assume, there's going to be a bit more of a willingness to allow those kids to come into the lineup and really get things going, and I think that could be exciting. So whichever direction the Flames choose is going to be an interesting one because you can really make a compelling case to, to, to go both ways with that. And so this is going to be obviously a very intriguing, interesting offseason for the Flames. We will see... We'll, we'll see what direction this thing takes with the Flames. But obviously, it's very exciting with Crane Conroy coming in as the new GM of the Calgary Flames. Just quickly on B Jimmy Butler now, going into the, the NBA. What more can you say? Um, like, last night was just an absolute, just high school bully pantsing a team. And you look at what the Heat have been doing. And the, the, the trail of destruction they leave behind them. First round, eliminate... The Milwaukee Bucks. Championship pedigree Milwaukee Bucks. They eliminate them, fire the coach, and now there's questions around everything in Milwaukee. Second round, they go in and they beat the Knicks. And now Knicks fans want to trade Julius Randle. Um, I don't think it's going to be a massive blow up, but there's at least that they have at least planted the seeds of doubt that what the Knicks have has a ceiling, which is fair. And now in this round, that they've gone in and are just bullying around the Celtics to the point where a coach who just made the conference finals is probably getting fired, and a team with a young core that just made the conference finals is probably, I'm not going to say blow things up, but might try to retool now. The Miami Heat are making some of the top teams in the NBA, and certainly the top teams in the Eastern Conference, question everything. You're probably making the, the 76ers question themselves, like, man, we couldn't do this to these guys? Like, it, it's, it is remarkable what they are doing, and again, I said this before and I will say it again. What all of the, what a lot of players in the NBA say they're about, Jimmy Butler just is about that. The the whole mama mentality where all of the every player in the NBA says they have that mama mentality. Yeah, I, I got this from Kobe. Insert inspirational quote here. Jimmy Butler has the mama mentality. He is the most mama mentaliest player in the, the 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 sport at this moment. I don't think there's a close second with him right now. And what he has been able to do in Miami is great. And what this whole team has been, it's not just Jimmy Butler. The focus on our show over the weekend was just Jimmy Butler. This isn't just Jimmy Butler. What they have been able to do, um, and what this whole playoff really has been, has really, for the first time, I feel, shown the importance of depth um, in the NBA. Because before, that was the thing that always drove me crazy with those Raptor teams that got shit pumped by LeBron and you had the whole LeBron toe thing. The thought going into every 
single playoff. And the thing that Raptor fans and Raptor commentators held on to so strongly into every single playoff was, yeah, I mean, they got the star players, but we have the depth. Bench mob, baby. Look at them. So yeah, that's going to do you a fuck ton of good when LeBron James is playing 40 minutes and dropping 45 points on you in absurd and increasingly soul-crushing ways. It doesn't matter. This is a stars league. You need difference makers to, to go out there and, and get it done. The Raptors eventually got theirs and won a championship. Hmm? Um... But now this year, you look at like the, the super team construct with what the the Philadelphia or what the sorry the the Phoenix Suns tried to do. Well, that didn't work. Um, and you look at the teams now that are having the most success. Like, yes, you need those stars, right? Like these aren't just starless teams that are going. You have a two-time MVP in Denver, and then Jamal Murray playing out of his mind. But you look at what Denver's also got, along with Jokic and Murray. Porter Jr. is hitting shots. Aaron Gordon is making great plays. Brown is contributing with um, with his shooting. You, you are having a number of other players step up. Look what's happening in Miami. Yes, you have maybe the best coach in the league in Eric Spoltra. By the way, that guy has already won at next year's Coach of the Year because everyone just feels bad he's never been Coach of the Year. Um, you have the best coach in the league in Eric Spolstra. You have Jimmy Butler on an all-time great run. Kyle Lowry is finding glimpses uh, of that. But then you're having depth players. Caleb Martin, who had zero points in the, the um, not the bubble, in the play-in. He's coming out and making shots. Um, you, you have all of these other depth guys. Even Duncan Robinson's coming out and making the occasional shot. You have all of these depth guys who are contributing, and that is the difference. And look, again, everyone loves to, to talk about depth, but what it really comes down to is how did your stars do against our stars and then could we just cancel it out in the five to seven minutes that these stars aren't playing every night? Can we can we just get that? Um, this is the first time where it's, it feels like the depth has really, really, really mattered. And what it's also what's also interesting is I, I do feel like this is showing that there is so much talent in the league right now. And there's a couple of reasons for this. Um, they, they were kind of talking about it on the Bill Simmons podcast uh, with Simmons and Ryan Rosillo, talking about all the talent in the league right now. How There's just like the, these guys who you've never heard of and they're coming in and making some big shots. And there's guys in the G League who you've never heard of who are making big shots and making big plays and showing a lot of talent. And I think it is absolutely true that there is maybe more talent than there's ever been in this league. But I think one of the things we are seeing here is the effect of all of those teams tanking this year. Because a lot of these guys would have ended up as like the second or third best player on a bad team. But bad teams were so focused on being just as putrid as they possibly could be this year, with the exception of the Raptors. Um, you, you had all of these teams trading off anything with a pulse that was over the age of like 24 years old. That it did make, I think, the, the top half of the league quite a bit top heavy. And so when you see these guys who you've never heard of um, making contributions on like in championship level games you think man th this is the talent in the league this is great this guy's the ninth best player on this team and look how good is he he's doing and yeah that that's true but also i feel like the worst teams are worse than maybe they, they've ever been because there has been just such an aggressive attitude toward tanking especially in this season i do expect that to kind of level out a little bit especially with uh, the pistons dropping all the way to five um but I, I do think that what we are seeing is like higher levels of depth on some of these championship level teams because the bad teams were willing to give some of those depth players over to them when in the past they'd be guys who you'd put on season tickets and guys who you'd put on billboards on really shitty basketball teams. But I do think that there is a chance now, or I think that the talent level is there that the league could expand and you would be fine. 
Um, I think, A, you would get a very good team, or a pretty good team right away, but then I think other teams would have enough depth that they'd be fine. So I, I think if the league wanted to expand, hint, Vancouver, hint, um, I think that there that there certainly is the amount of talent that is out there that you could certainly sustain that in the NBA now. But it's it's been fun. And look, I've... I have been so, you can probably tell here, I have been so much more interested in the NBA playoffs than I have in the NHL. I've been trying to get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. There's been overtime every night in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's still tough to care. It's tough to care about Carolina and the Panthers. It's tough to care about Vegas and Dallas. It's just, it's tough to get into it when you have so much intrigue going on in the NBA right now. Like the, the NBA, it just, it feels like the absolute king when it comes to this postseason. So we'll see if that continues. Anyway, thank you all so much for downloading and for listening today. Uh, I'm hoping to have a Jim Brown um, biography episode coming out tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, we'll run through some more uh, NBA and NHL playoff things. And then we'll get into N. LB buy or sell who we buy and who we selling in this year in Major League Baseball so far anyway and then on Friday it's a fighting football Friday we get ready for WWE Night of Champions we get ready for AEW double, uh, double or nothing and we look at the week one schedule and the week one odds and see which teams are kind of overvalued in the NFL so that's what's coming up on the schedule this week thank you all so much for downloading thank you all so much for listening and I'll talk to y'all later